What's going on, everyone? This is Connor, and I'm joined by Dave and Joe. It's Cooper's birthday, so he's otherwise engaged. Uh, we didn't release an episode last week. Instead, given we're a couple of months in, in since launching the podcast, we took the time to take stock, talk through a lot of the feedback we've gotten from uh, you, the audience, over the last few weeks and months, which has been surprisingly positive, um, and then discuss some ideas to add to the pod, which will come over the next while um given we're in a slightly fallow period in terms of the pga tour starting its wraparound season and the dp world tour still a couple of weeks away from its uh, grand finale there's still some interesting talking points at the moment um starting with the pga tour so tom kim beat patrick cantley in the shriners um they came to the last hole tied at 24 under patrick cantley capitulated on the last with a seven to hand it to tom kim um dave if we look at big asian players over the years you know you think of hideki kj Choi, good old y yang who took down tiger to win asia's first major um south korea specifically has been producing top stars in the women's game for a few years the early signs from this guy are that he has the potential to be huge and i stress early um but does Tom Kim have the potential to be the biggest star ever to come out of Asia? Well, when we talk about big Asian players, the first one that comes to my mind is Kiridesh Afi Barnrat, but that's for slightly different reasons. Um, in terms of being a big Asian star, uh, Tom Kim absolutely looks like he has what it takes. Um, like we've spoken about this on numerous occasions over the last few weeks, going back to his win earlier in the year. His performance at the president's cup and then before we even get into cantley and the 80 you just have to give kim credit i mean he was just absolutely rock solid all day he played brilliant golf all weekend he's now the youngest player of all time on the pga i believe to, to get the two victories which is ahead of tiger woods and anytime you're ahead of tiger woods in in any field you gotta you gotta sit up and take notice um he just looks like he has the he just has the it factor you know, I don't know how do you define that. Like, I mean, obviously Tiger had it, Phil had it. Like, he just he he lights up a room. He wants to be on the big stage. He's proven that on the at the Presidents Cup, and now he's just he's he's winning, winning a second time is is almost more difficult to do. I think it's kind of because his expectation following you. He came into this week not favorite because of Cantley's record at Triners, but at the end of the day, he stared down one of the top dogs in world golf and he's the one who's walked out with the trophy so you you gotta think that you gotta think that he has what it takes to, to really kick on now and, and get to the very top of the game joe like president's cup he he did light up the whole thing Um there's in my head i'm thinking is it just youthful exuberance in that like uh, he's a young guy who's who's just doing very very well but it does seem like he has that that like it or x factors as dave says 
Definitely, yeah. And I think one of the, a couple of people said this, one of the things that he seems to be positive in is that when he's up, he's really up. He gets, you know, he's very eccentric and, you know, he lets that feed into his golf game and in a positive way. But he, when, when things aren't going as well, he does seem to kind of keep a lid on it and be able to, like, keep himself controlled. So that's one thing that's kind of noteworthy from, you know, the the relative small amount of time we've actually gotten to you know see this guy like when you think about it he won the Wyndham back in I think it was mid August and unless he won that he had no chance of getting into the FedEx uh, Cup Finals the one top one thirty because he didn't have tour proper status to get in it was just a win gave him the exemption to get into the to the top one thirty. This guy's just burst onto the scene. I think he came fourth in the Scottish Open in July, which kind of, you know, he, he he gradually over the summer, you know, became a, a name that we were familiar with. But now he's fifteenth in the in the world golf rankings, which is which is insane. Like what an you what an ascent in such a small amount of time. But yeah, as Dave said, I think he does have that, you know, kind of characteristic that we see very in very few players. I think what's interesting is he's not a he's not a bomber. Yeah. I don't think he's he's not one of the bigger hitters on on tour, but he hits it straight obviously. Um I think he's I saw a stat he was, he's 128th in strokes gained driving distance, but he's first in scoring average. That's over the first whatever three events of the new, of the new season, but that just shows you you know, he's hitting the numbers that matter. Um and his putter has got obviously, you know, he's 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 been strong in that respect and in, in the two wins he's had, but it's two wins in four or five events, which is which is so so impressive. Um and I think yeah, I think this guy's yeah, ob- obviously here to stay, but it's it's scary to think of the heights that he could reach, as Dave said, compare comparisons to Tiger don't come too often and and uh it's it's kind of warranted in in this in this small amount of time, I think. Mm. If you if you do, which is a dangerous game, to start comparing them to these kind of top players of the last few years, like top young stars that came out, you know, the likes of Tiger and Phil said when they came out, but even DJ and Rory when they came out, their games were very much built on the kind of swashbuckling element, like they were bombing it off the tee, and and uh, this guy doesn't, Dave. Like the, I think he didn't record a single bogey all week, so. It's it's an interesting one. Part of me thinks like if if he does get a bit longer, like as Joe said, I think he's like 128 on tour off in terms of driving distance. He's got all the other elements, but he's he's far more solid rather than spectacular. But he's got a spectacular personality, I suppose. Yeah, which is which is rare enough in a young player. I mean, you kind of you'd say like the kind of swashbuckling style that you'd associate with. The likes of Rory and DJ when they kind of first came on the scene, like you kind of expect a bit of youthful exuberance to kind of take over in your golf game and your decision making, particularly under pressure. Um, like obviously DJ had a couple of, for example, had a couple of meltdowns in 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 big positions in majors. Like he does seem, as, like despite the fact that his personality is obviously very, it's very, it's very big, and he, he's not afraid of the limelight. He does seem to have, you know, old head on young shoulders. Um. You know, he, he probably is going to have to put on distance to to compete at certain golf courses in the modern game. I mean, he might be limited himself a little bit to take on some of these big monsters that they have to to play. Like particularly thinking, you know, 
US Open golf courses, for example. But like he just looks like the kind of character, the kind of golfer who'll figure it out. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't be you wouldn't be too concerned about him, and you certainly wouldn't be writing him off um in terms of any, of going forward and from taking on anything. I mean, you know, he's 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 up at the top of the market again for for this week and, and rightly so. Yeah. Like I remember hearing someone describe to me recently when you're trying to get young players, you should teach them distance first and then kind of hone in on the accuracy second. I wonder, like, it, it's, we could probably flippantly say, oh, it'll be fine. He could put on 20, 30 yards as he gets older. You know, Bryson has, has done it and Matt Fitz has done it. But it's probably not that easy to just, like, turn dial it up in terms of distance. And he probably has to um, if he's going to become, you know, a dominant player. Um yeah. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's an inter I think to be a dominant player on the PGA tour week in, week out, maybe he needs to he needs to find that extra, you know, 15, 20 yards, make make a big difference to him. But like if you look at the major championship courses that they play, a lot of the a lot of the setups don't require, you know, a really a really long hitter. It's 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 more driving accuracy within reason. I mean, you don't want to be like a you know a Zach Johnson kind of getting it out there to two seventy compared to you know Cameron Young who could be hitting it three thirty on the carry now. But I think he's at he 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 seems to be at a point where it's it's just about okay um, from uh, distance wise. And if I was him, I certainly wouldn't be going changing too much right now. I think mm. the uh, the recipe is working just fine at the moment. Mm. Uh, Patrick Cantley, Dave, quite a. I, I've described him on the podcast as a particularly boring individual. Although he, in, in fairness, his his peers say that he's he is good crack, but uh, certainly not a boring finish on the 18th. No, far from it. I think, I think he was he was a bit unlucky. Let's let's be honest. I mean, he, he won bad swing. You know he after shooting 60 the previous day and then you know dinging it out with tom kim for 17 holes on the sunday i mean he's not the kind of he is a boring personality on the golf course but he's also you know he's not exactly a bottler and um, i think he just he put about he just put a bad swing out and he ended up in a very very bad spot i mean essentially from where he was you know kim's in the middle of the fairway he's in absolute no man's land in the desert i mean i think he just had to do what he did and take a swipe at it and try to get it back into play somehow and, and make a par i think you know if he'd have taken an unplayable in the desert there was no guarantee that he was going to make the green anyway as we saw from when he ended up taking the drop after not advancing the ball anywhere with, with his first swipe so i mean i don't i don't really i don't really blame him for any decisions he made there he 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 made the decision of a man who was you know willing to sacrifice money potentially to to try and win a golf tournament. So I mean that 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 in itself shows shows the mentality of him. But yeah, I know Cooper in the past has complained about the the Paddy Ice nickname that might have to be put back in its box for for a little <laughs> while longer. Yeah, I I can't particularly warm to him, but uh, I mean he's he's got a good golf game. Speaking of young prodigious talents, the live event stopped in Bangkok last week for I think its sixth event. So 
for anyone who didn't catch it, it was won by a 22-year-old called Eugenio Lopez Chicaro or Genio Chicaro. Uh, so the backstory of this guy, he's 22 years of age. He was world number two amateur. Decided to leave college ahead of his final year after being offered to sign a deal with Liv. Um, he's played in four Liv events going into this, and his best finish had been tied 21st. Joe, if we map the two careers, the two early careers of Tom Kim and this guy, Genio Chikara, Tom Kim has done it the hard way. He's gone through the PGA Tour, qualified, whatever, whereas this guy's just been offered a contract and he's just won over four million dollars in this event um what are your thoughts can he sleep at night <laughs> no i'd say i'd say sitting on four point um <clears throat> what is it 4.7 million for the for the top prize um probably probably cushions the blow a bit but no i, I didn't i didn't see didn't see any of it uh as with uh most weeks at the, the live golf event but i i i was interested just to get you know a bit of background on the on the guy considering he's what as i said 22 um dropped out of, dropped out of college obviously with a fairly big certainty that he was going to make a, a a bit of money on on tour anyway but uh he had a he had a five shot lead going into the final round was it yeah so obviously shows he has what it takes on a big stage if he ever reaches it um so it'll be interesting like he's ranked he's ranked two i think 2700th in the world i don't know how this guy gets into a into a major championship over the next few years unless something big changes and you know kind of rightly so um but his story yeah his story is interesting i think it was oklahoma state as well wasn't he played collegiate golf for them um and another spanish player another guy that could be on the, the Ryder cup next year uh where circumstances different and um i think john ram obviously called him out after he won the the and or the spanish open on on sunday and um kind of congratulated him and i'm sure ram would love the opportunity to play with this guy in in Ryder cup spaniards obviously um historically pair very well in the event but yeah as he said what a different start to their career himself and himself and tom kim It'll be interesting to see their their trajectories if they're different um but that'll be yeah it'll be we'll have to wait and see dave uh joe mentioned there that john ram called out in his interview after he won the um spanish open said that uh people are gonna slam the the live stuff but this is a guy this is a young guy who's just beaten a lot of the top players in the world so that's that's one way you can look at it the other way you can look at it is that it's it's just a cop out and these guys these young college kids are gonna just take the live money straight out of college because it guarantees uh a payday which side of the fence do you sit on <laughs> uh oh, oh completely completely with live of course no i mean yeah it's uh it's a, it is an interesting one i mean this guy has now earned more money for three days golf than he probably would have earned in his first three years in the pga tour if he was to ever make it um obviously he hasn't 
he hasn't really earned his place anywhere. He he was sort of parachuted in to live as as one of these amateurs that Norman had sort of targeted to to kind of boost boost that route into live, I guess, and sort of poach and talent that might have been heading towards the PJ Tour. So, I mean, was it a good performance? Absolutely. I mean, has he shown that he can shoot low numbers and compete at the top of the game? As Joe said, if he ever gets there, um, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, he's 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 very. This is one of the these. This is one of the the guys that makes it particularly sad in a way because, as Joe said, like he has no route to playing in a major in his life, barring a change. I mean, there's been more. There's been more. Um, there's been more antics from live in that regard, trying to get you know their events recognized for golf ranking points without actually fulfilling any of the criteria. Um, so, I mean, unless there's a big change here, he's not going to be competing at the top of the game. And it seems like that's, that's an awful waste for, for a man of his talent. I mean, he's, he's playing in the, the live retirement community when he could be, he could be over challenging with Tom Kim at the top of the game. Yeah. Joe, uh, you brought up a good point there. Like Ryder cup as, Europeans, we're obviously going to be backing Europe next year. You want to have your top players there. It's very likely that this guy could be in the top 12 players in Europe, but he's not going to play in a Ryder Cup. Yeah, and I, th I think, you know, uh, compared to, let's say, the international team in the President's Cup, I think we were re relatively unscathed, especially given the fact that, you know, Poulter and Rest would have no way of playing in the Ryder Cup. And that was, we, we've all said, you know, a, a great positive. But yeah, if you, you know, for someone like this guy, he's he he would have been someone you know great to see um, you know burst onto the scene at the Ryder Cup and think about it as well. It it does show how much importance the Ryder Cup does hold in the game of golf because it's you know the majors are the the, the world ranking points are talked about because of the majors and and you know that's that's a given that the majors will be talked about. But the Ryder Cup is you know probably presents itself in as many conversations almost uh, when it comes to live um and you know it's yeah it's it's probably getting stronger and stronger every year but um yeah it it is a shame you know to not see the, someone like this someone like this guy play but um he kind of knew what he was getting in for i think you know when he when he entered and um yeah i think uh i think i think i'd i'd rather see someone like nikolai hoygaard rasmus hoygaard play uh at the moment the way things are anyway yeah i uh, look i definitely agree you'd obviously rather those boys that have done done it the the hard way but dave uh, there is a an argument there that like we're kind of desperate we got spanked last year we're probably going to get spanked again and uh well i suppose home advantage that's a separate debate never uh, but you want to have your best players like hold on well hold on a second now the US haven't won on European soil since 1993. Um, you know, we there was a beating absolutely of epic proportions for the Europeans in Whistling Straits. But like, what happened two years before that in France? The US got their got their arses handed to them in the same fashion. And like, so we should just be changing changing the tradition and history of golf because some young lad from Spain showed up for three days in Bangkok. And uh, no, I I don't buy it at all. I mean, he hasn't proven himself. Like, I, I not, I'm not buying this argument that. This is, you know, a, a horrendous shame for for the Ryder Cup. I mean, he, he got he he's, he's got to go and prove himself. He's played well for three days in one live event. You know, 
he he should be over in Oklahoma State finishing off his college his college education and playing in the NCAA events, not in the Ryder Cup next year. It's more more the point of that if this is the, the course he's taking, he's closing that avenue off to himself on a long term basis, not for Rome next year because he probably wouldn't have been playing in Rome anyway. Did you see G Max comments uh, about the the world ranking? He says it seems like they've taken uh, the word official out of the world rankings because uh, they're not taking care of the players out here. The man just can't help himself. No, I mean, G Mac did very well there for a couple of months in not saying anything. And every time he opens his mouth, he just spouts more utter nonsense. Um, like they're still not meeting the criteria. The that thing with the the Menator was just a total stunt. I don't think they ever believed it was going to work. There's talk now of a three man or three men missing the cut at Live to fulfill the cut um criteria, and then they can still play in the team event on the third day. So, I mean, if Live want if Live want to get world golf ranking points, it's very clear and obvious what they need to do, and they're just not willing to do any any of it. Except what it's done, but this is live all over. I mean, just another example of what these kind of guys are standing for and the kind of guys they are. I mean, Garcia, you know, basically ruled himself out of playing the Ryder Cup next year after all his talk about it because he wasn't bothered to play in one of his own home events. Like one of the criteria that has always been there to make the European Ryder Cup team is that you know you must play in a certain amount of events and one of them must be in your home country. And Garcia has elected to not play in the Spanish Open, the Andalusia. Masters, which is on this week, or the Tenerife slash Biorchio. I'm not sure what what's next, but you know he's ruled himself out of contention by not fulfilling a simple a simple rule that's been put in place for decades, and that's exactly what these live guys are all about now. It's like the rules don't apply to us. We don't need to meet the criteria, and we can just basically sound off and you know make stupid points like Chief Mac has at that press conference today. Yeah, there's just been brainwashed. Like it's the Garcia point, though, Joe. I, I think we've spoken about him in the past and how he's just petulant and spoiled and and um, whatever. I was playing golf last week with a few lads, and we actually started discussing Sergio Garcia. And four of us in the group, two of the lads were actually big Garcia fans. I don't know how. I mean, J Dave's point there about just not going back and playing your home open or go playing an event in Spain. Like, why would you not just do that? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I think I, he's done enough now at this stage. I, like, I, I, I loved Garcia when I was kind of growing up. He, you know, he had that Spanish flair, and he, you, you could warm to him a lot. But he's done enough things now to, to kind of make you feel very differently about him. Obviously, he abandoned the, the BMW there. It went worked after the the first round and flew over to, to the states to watch the college football game, and and you know, obviously robbed it. A spot from from uh, someone on the DQL tour who would have you know loved to love to play in that event. He he saw what he did, did in the bunker and uh, it was was it one of the Saudi events or one of the Dubai Saudi, events a couple yeah. of years ago? Yeah, where he kind of smashed the sand a couple of like probably four or five times um, in frustration, which is understandable, but it's just a bit petulant. He also did he spit in the hole after oh. he made it. He he tree put so obviously. The next guy coming in the group after him would have had to take the ball out of that hole. So he he's no consideration for uh, for for other people, and it's um, it's no surprise. Yeah, like he, despite everything, he had a chance to put himself in the you know the running for to make the 
the the criteria for the Ryder Cup next year, but he's he's um he hasn't he hasn't done his part of it, I suppose. And um yeah, it's 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 deserved if he you know if he doesn't make it. And I think the other thing about GMAC as well, worrying about official world ranking points. I I don't know why he's even worried about the world rankings. What like what is he is he playing for four hundred and seventeenth in the in the world? I yeah, understand were, Cam Smith. There's someone talking about it, but yeah, if they were given if they were given treble points for these live events, he still wouldn't be in the top two fifty. So I don't know. I don't know why GMAC is is bothering himself in any of this. To be honest, yeah, fair enough. I I suppose he he'd argue that he's speaking on behalf of of his compadres and teammates on this live circuit. Um, John Ram, Dave, Ram Tome in Spain. So the first event of this little Spanish swing. I think he won, did he win by six shots in the end? So 27 years of age, he's already matched Sebi's uh, total of three wins in the Spanish Open. Um, he's played decent golf, I'd say, over the last year since winning his US Open without being incredible his putter has probably been a bit balky um but he certainly dominated the field in spain yeah sorry um i wouldn't necessarily go as far as to compare his three wins to sevi's wins so i think sevi was probably playing against the stronger fields and um, back when he was winning the spanish opens i mean it yeah. looked like a golf tournament might break out at one point there on sunday but uh it was a cakewalk for ram in the end wasn't it um I was watching it as as the kind of weekend progressed and you could see John Ram just lurking, 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 and you just knew that he was gonna like stretch out a lead and, and just dominate the field. Um I think yeah, Joey won by six in the end. Yeah, and it was it was like he was playing a different golf course in the weekend. I think he went sixty-five, sixty-two at the weekend. Uh twenty twenty-five under second was nineteen and then there's a whole bunch of lads around kind of 10 11 12 under but the you know the difference obviously in standard he he's bully you know he kind of bullied them last weekend he bullied the the field at the mexico open obviously uh earlier in the year that mexico event um yeah he's he's had a reasonable year i think the putter has been quite cold from he he switched clubs to to callaway uh, a year or two ago and i think the kind of teething in period with the putter wasn't working out but he, he he's obviously found you know a formula that's working for him now and he's up to fifth in the world i think which is you know the the least probably of what he, he where he belongs i would say kind of he was he was the sort of number one i suppose that that we that we had for a couple of years there probably two or three years and he was kind of cementing his place fairly fairly well there but um, yeah, well, it, it it'll be interesting to see now with actually the 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 final order of merit. I think he's up to tenth, but he I'm sure he has a bit between his teeth trying to catch McElroy in the in the top spot for that. Yeah, um, probably so much to do there. But we've got Valderrama coming up this week. Could be the last time a DP World Tour event is held here. They're in talks with Liv. Um, that'd be a bit of a shame, Joe yeah i heard i actually just heard this today um that would be uh yeah it'd be a real shame as you say because that's probably one of the flagship courses in in europe like it hosted the volvo masters for for years the obviously the order of merit final final event 
think Harrington might have uh, captured his order merit there. One year, obviously got the um, got the uh, got the Ryder Cup in nineteen ninety seven as well. Uh, Seve captained the European team to a to a narrow. I think it was fourteen and a half, thirteen and a half victory over over the US. And um, so so a lot of good uh, a lot of good memories there. And yeah, reportedly Norman has been in has been in talks with the uh, with the guys there. And I think Keith Pele and the Deep Royal Tour's hands would be tied in that if if they were to host a live event, they probably would have to let it go from the from their schedule, the way the relationship is at the moment. Um but yeah, it'll be interesting. It's always a it's always a, a good course to watch, I think, because it's it's not one of these you know 25 under like ram did last weekend there's no hope of that being a winning score yeah. we always see it we always see it around kind of probably six seven i think there's been years there where it's been you know in and around even one one two under uh so that's a kind of nice nice change it's it's tight tree-lined course not not the longest but um yeah it's been hosting hosting tournaments for years and uh fitzpatrick's going back there as the as the defending champ this year obviously a much stronger golfer even this year than he was last year mm. dave they they call it the european augusta yeah well i mean it is an absolutely phenomenal golf course and it has held a lot of great events as joe said you know in terms of the, the season and season ending order of merit bubble masters for a number of years the Ryder cup etc so in some ways it's not surprising that they might be speaking to live because like if you look at the standard of field that has played there over the years compared to what it is now you could see you know it's it's not really fitting for the european augusta as you say um i mean matt fitzpatrick this week is, is is essentially the only star in the field i think my mate ryan fox is the second favorite um this week so that'll probably give you an indication of the strength of field that's playing there this week um you know it's in ram's home country he's obviously played his, his spanish open last week he's not even bothering to show up to the valorama this week so it kind of isn't surprising me to be honest with you yeah it's pretty weak it's pretty weak field i mean um as you say it's a bit of a shame like these guys this course is absolutely iconic i'll never forget gmax albatross on the 17th remember you hold that incredible shot from whatever over the water that 17th hole is absolutely class and it's the history with europe there joe you mentioned it i'll to never forget that uh the clips of the Ryder Cup that were on there uh in it was 97 wasn't it yeah, yeah. 97 and then I, rem I remember Monty and Seve having that uh little argument on the 17th where Seve was trying to tell Monty what to do and Monty was like it's my shot back off um but yeah it would be an absolute shame like the uh, the incredible course it used to hold um the season finale the the uh i remember as you mentioned harrington and rose having some battles there to uh to see who won the order of merit and uh yeah it'd be a bit of a shame to see it go off to the live boys but sure look these are these are the times we're in but see this is kind of the the, the wider point though like isn't it these if we look at this in, incredible golf course huge history but like the field is absolutely desperate you know like you would think I don't know. It 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 almost proves the point as to why there is an argument for the likes of a live to come around because the the DP World Tour is just fallen so far from uh, 
where it was in those in those kind of 90s and 2000s Dave. Yeah, well, I mean, it falls into the bigger argument of, you know, are the PGA Tour doing enough in in terms of this strategic alliance with the DP World Tour to kind of support it? Um, you know, I think when you, you know, when you mentioned like Seve's wins at Spanish Open and some of the stronger fields you would have had back in those days, that was kind of before a mass exodus of European players happened to the PGA Tour. So, I mean, in some respects, you could say that the PGA Tour have created a monster, um, which they were now, you know, taking advantage of sort of the the void that's been left by, you know, not being, they're not being a competitive European tour in the respect of these kind of events. And, you know, the European tour, you can kind of mention like, you know, Wentworth, um, Wentworth Scottish Open and the the kind of Dubai Abu Dhabi swing has been the only times where you're going to see big boys playing and, you know, good strong fields playing on the European tour. And so I suppose it does, it kind of does play into, you know, play into whether live is kind of filling that gap but you know i think we would all agree that there probably are better ways to fill that gap than than the way live have done so far anyway we'll move on to the zozo championship which is in japan this week pj tour so joe uh home favorite hideki the only man to beat him here is tiger so he won he romped home last year. I think he won by five. And then, if you remember, Tiger won, I think, beat him by a shot or two in 2019, I think, after he won his Masters. Um, Hideki has to be the big favourite coming in this week. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, when I think of the, the Zozo, it's, you know, like with a lot of things, you, uh, you compare it to Tiger. You know, what did Tiger do at this tournament? And obviously, he got his 82nd win to tie Sam Snade's uh to tie Sam Snade's record uh at the at the Zozo 2019 the the last win um so good good memories from that uh also as you said Hideki good memories from last year that was a three wood into the final hole where he where he kind of club twirled and you know almost slam dunked it from about 260 out and the uh the japanese crowd went absolutely crazy and was it was a great spectacle uh the, yeah hideki just relishes playing in front of the home crowd i think he he's he, he came you know won this last year i think he came second in 2019 to as he 2019 as you said tiger is the only man to, to beat him and he obviously had a decent finish in the in the olympics uh singles as well so uh yeah i see he's in and around kind of third third favorite I, I i'd i'd fancy him this week looking at the the different uh the different guys in the field there's there's a there's a few others like xander is i see uh gonna be there mark howa cam young there's um there's a there's a few people to to consider there i i think it's generally good drivers of the golf ball do well here so hideki can get it out there obviously as well so um yeah no i'm uh looking forward obviously it's in a in a different time zone con it'll be it'll be suitable for you this weekend it's ideal for me um i'll definitely be paying attention to it it's very difficult for me to watch the as i've mentioned before those beautiful sunday evenings where i'm sitting back watching the back nine of the pga tour don't exist for me anymore whereas this time i might be able to actually watch it in real time but uh dave joe mentioned pretty strong field this week yeah it is pretty strong to be fair um you know hideki would absolutely warrant being up there at favorite status he won't just be the home favorite he'll be certainly someone that you'd want to 
be keeping an eye on in the betting markets. I think someone else that I would like to keep an eye on is Sunjay Im. He's someone who's been playing quite well, uh, quite consistently over the last few weeks and also has a top five here, I think, back in 2019 as well. I think he was tied third. So Sunjay Im is also up there. I think he's about 12 to 1 as well. But I I would like to see Hideki do it again. I think I kind of like the idea of him winning from his own crowd and also, I think Hideki is someone that the PJ Tour really got to keep on side as well. Um, there's, there's, there have been the rumours with Liv uh, and Hideki. Um, and Hideki actually did come out this week and say, through a translator, obviously, um, that he would essentially be in favour of the Liv events getting world ranking points. So he's clearly not... He's, near, he's clearly not in the the McElroy JT bucket of of staunch PJ Tour defenders. So it would be nice for him to get shown some love by his own crowd in the PJ Tour and, and pick up another Zozo this week. I did see that actually. So he came out and said that yeah they should get granted world ranking points. Uh Hovland also said that they they shouldn't be granted points overnight. They should obviously have to follow a procedure. Not to labor the 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 live points, Joe. Um but it it does strike me as a little bit strange that like there's a 12 to 18 month period of assessment that basically needs to happen that these guys need to prove themselves over a long period of time it on one hand it's kind of like old conservative men sitting on a board there in in the royal and ancient or wherever they have their their meetings and why can't they just make a decision on this like straight away I mean, why does it take 12 to 18 months to make a call on that? Well, hold on, hold on. Let's 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 not forget the key point here. Like they're not meeting any of the criteria. So they can wait as long as they like, but until they meet the key criteria to be recognized for official golf world ranking points, this is all utter nonsense. And they can play all the they can keep on playing all the stunts they want, coming up with these strategic alliances, making three man cuts, but they are not meeting the criteria. Yeah, and I, I just, I was about to say about the criteria, like they, they're, they're not meeting most of them, if not any of them. You know, obviously the, the minimum field and the cut, um, and I think you know other tours have had to wait that long, and if that's the punishment, you know, having to wait eighteen months, I think it's completely, completely fair. Um, yeah, the, the whole stunt with the, the Minotaur in, uh, in what is it africa asia i can't remember where exactly it's yeah, mi middle east north africa yeah that um yeah they're just chancing their arm with that and uh, they, they submitted that a couple of days before the, the bangkok event didn't they and they expected to get basically immediate approval um for it but needless to say it wasn't given yeah no i i, I, I don't know what where they've no kind of like to stand on with it i don't know i don't know why they're so disgruntled by it i don't and also to be honest i don't think they ever expected to get ranking points for that event in bangkok i think it was all just a stunt just it, it, it was just a it was just the latest version of norman parachuting under the first tee like it was just just to, to make sure to make sure they were in the headlines in the build-up to their event in asia like there's no way any reasonable person could have expected that that was going to work and they were just going to be granted world ranking points for that event two or three days in advance no but the argument really that they're they're making which i think is a genuine one is just the strength that they have in their field i mean dustin johnson actually you should have brought this up earlier did you, did you see dustin johnson has been awarded 
he wins a well-deserved bonus of 18 million US dollars after a grueling six events for winning the season-long individual prize, but uh, which is obviously just outrageous. So he has now won the season-long um, order of merit or whatever. There was no big scenes on an 18th green. It was just live announced this on like the Monday or whatever. Said, oh, by the way, TJ's won the season long thing. Uh, and he's because he's, I think you win 40 points or something if you win the event. And he's like 41 or 42 ahead of Brandon Grace, who's in second place. But Dave, the point that I was going to make here was Dustin Johnson is like probably should be top five player in the world right now based on form. But his world ranking is just going to slip. And there are other names that you could mention that are that that do strengthen this field, and they're they're just not going to get it based off the criteria that you speak of. But this criteria has been set in stone long before Liv was ever heard of. Like, so why should they just change it overnight to keep Justin Johnson happy? If Justin Johnson was so concerned with his world golf ranking, then he wouldn't have gone to live in the first place. Like, if just like this is kind of separate from the money, like as in you can't just you know change things overnight just to please. A small group of people who are off having their own little fun you know they can't have their cake and eat it that'd be my perspective on it. i think that's any that's the only rational perspective to have here is that these rules weren't made to spite live as some of them would have to believe these these rules have been set in stone for a number of years as i understand it so to be honest like i just genuinely do not see how they possibly think they have a leg to stand on here it doesn't matter how good dustin johnson is and it doesn't matter how shit gray mcdowell is the rules are the rules. <laughs> but is it a case though of okay, so there, there, there's an argument here for respecting the rules, respecting the traditions of the game. Absolutely get that. But why do the world rankings exist in the first place? The world rankings exist for a couple of reasons to identify the best players in the world, and then obviously to have a, a, a qualification metric for getting into like majors and stuff. But Joe, to the to the first point, if the world rankings existed to um determine the best players in the world like they do have yeah, to be clear. yeah yeah but going back okay that's fair enough for dustin johnson he's already proved himself on the stage so like we know dustin johnson's going to be a top 10 player if he plays in events that's irrelevant but for the guy eugenio chikara at the weekend if he gets as many world ranking points as john ram does for winning the the spanish open which granted was a, a weaker field but or the same points as tom kim gets he never had to go through Q skill. He never had to, you know, as Dave said, earn his right on that tour. That is not a meritocracy. That's not the same kind of tour that the rest of them are playing. So I don't think it's an equal playing field. You get into live if you're popular, if you're seen as a future star. You, a lot of guys can't earn their place there. So I think, you know, for that reason, as I said, DJ, Cam Smith, whatever about them, but for other guys to just like leap frog into this opportunity to you know overtake other guys that have earned a right to be on other tours and frankly like are playing better you know a guy who comes sixth seventh and live probably has played nowhere near as well as a guy that comes 20th on the pga tour that weekend you know it's all you know case by case obviously but i just think it's incomparable you know no cut reduced field um a lot of the guys on the live tour are ranked outside the top 1000 let alone you know top few hundred um so i think that's enough to kind of make me think it's for now anyway there's no way 
There's a young Irish pro, Stuart Grehan, who we're going to try to get on in the next few weeks. He's just got through stage one Q school uh, for the DP World Tour. And I suppose to your point there, like, you know, he's starting a grueling process for anyone who doesn't know. Like he started stage one, uh, like local qualifying scattered all over Europe. Um, he's just got through the first stage. You'll obviously go to second stage now. Uh, and then third stage, if you can finish in the top 20 and third stage qualifying, um, you get onto the to the DP World Tour. So, Dave, yeah, I suppose to, to that point, like the likes of Stuart Graham, these guys that are eking it out on on uh, trying to get onto these big tours, and you have the likes of Eugenio Chikara there, who's just handed a big contract. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, at least at least if Stuart Graham makes it onto the uh, makes a true true Q school onto the DP World Tour, or if he if he win, earns his place on the on the challenge tour through the the Euro Pro finals that are going to be in Lockern next week, at least he will have earned it. Um, and there's a lot to be said for for earning your way in this world. And 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 a lot of those live boys are are not uh, not exactly engaging in a meritocracy, as Joe as Joe said. So yeah. you're not going to get anything. You're not going to like each week this comes up in some shape or form, but you're not going to get any sympathy from me. For the poor live guys, not not earning their precious world ranking points, especially because Nor like let's like uh, the last thing I'm going to say in this is that Greg Norman lied to them. Greg that that was that was pretty much outlined uh, from the get go when those texts between himself and Garcia were outlined or were released. I should say like Norman outlined to Garcia pretty much in black and white that they would definitely get the world ranking points. So Norman brought them in under false pretenses, and now there's a desperate scramble to try and get themselves recognized and they will pull any stunt that they can think of to try and get it done other than simply meeting the criteria that are set out in front of them and doing what any reasonable person would do. Mm. I think that's probably a fair point. Greg Norman uh, manipulated these lads and, and told them that they would get what, you know, all these riches and world rankings and everything. And obviously that hasn't happened. Um, but look, lads, Unless there's any other business, I think we'll have to to call it a day there. Um, just one, just one more thing. There was another big win in the golfing world there over the last couple of weeks. Uh, our uh, our host, Mister Conor McGowan, won his first monthly medal off a off a, a ladies' handicap, as Keith Carty rightly pointed out to me in uh, in Fitz's pub in Wicklow the weekend. <laughs> he, he's one of our. Uh, one of our loyal regular listeners asked me to, to to point out that McGowan's first medal came came off a ladies' handicap there in Australia last weekend. It's very good, man. Con. Well, thank you for for bringing it up. So I I've been in the horrors with my with my golf, my putting specifically in the last year. My handicap has skyrocketed from six. It had gone up to twelve, playing in a monthly medal. Given the difficulty of the course on the day, I was given a a ladies' handicap of fourteen and uh i shot 10 over which equated to 67 and i romped home with a four shot victory so part of me was delighted for 30 seconds and then part of me was filled with shame that my name was at the top of the leaderboard um with yeah that, that the main thing is though the main thing is though that you earned you earned your 14 shots they weren't just given to you you what? you you did, it, you did it the right way you did it the I, right I way. earned those 14 or those 14 shots through many many yipped two foot puts over the last year that have contributed to awful scores so uh yes th thank you dave for bringing that up 
Um, no, thank, thank, thank you, thank you, Keith, for uh, for for bringing that to our attention um, on the beer. The weekend. I'll have to send them a text. Um, cool. Right, we'll leave it there. Thank you for joining us for another week of Unplayable. We will catch you next time.